I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, and welcome to Going Off Track. I'm Jonah. <laughs> this is Brad. <laughs> oh my God, guys. Hey. I wish you could have seen what just happened. So, <laughs> I don't you know, we record these podcasts maybe one a week, two a week, you know, whatever we can do. Whatever, whatever we can whenever do. Whenever people are in town. But then, yeah. you know, we do these intros kind of, we'll do like three intros at once, four intros at once. We sit here, we're doing a little intro marathon right now. Me and Jonah. Jonah's about to take off and travel, literally travel the world for it's the true. next couple of weeks, for the next month. So we got to burn out a bunch of intros so that burn we out. can put tag them onto the beginning of our podcast and then you can hear them, you know. So that we can kind of hold you in suspense for two minutes before the actual content starts. Yeah, you. Pr- chances are you fast forwarded through this already <laughs> <laughs> and waited till you heard the theme music. So for those of you who are looking to make your own podcast and are listening purely for technical reasons, now you know how we do it. Yeah, now you know how it's we not, do it. Not to say anybody else does it that way, but that's the way we do it. Why do we think that you want to listen to us talk for three minutes before it's the very, guest? It's very presumptuous. <laughs> it is very presumptuous. Uh but that's it's whatever it's our podcast hey, we can do whatever we want yeah fuck you yeah yeah if you don't like it don't listen to it or just fast forward through us talking <laughs> but we're going to talk during the actual podcast so if you hate us talking you probably aren't really listen this probably is like not going to be something that's up your alley anyways <laughs> i mean there's certainly got to be people that have been tortured by just they listen to one of our podcasts because it's their favorite artist in the world and right they hate us yeah i hope that that's i think happened. that happens uh <laughs> I sometimes fast forward through intros on podcast, especially if there's like a lot of ads, like if it's like 10 minutes of ads. Oh, yeah. Some of them like, are unbearable, man. Use the like post office, like post office at home. Like you can do that. It's funny though. I listen to a couple podcasts that's sponsored by this. I think it's stamps.com and they're like, you can print out postage at home. And every, to give you a good idea of the audience that listens to this thing, the guy's like, you, and you get a free digital scale. Don't use a scale to weigh drugs. Seriously, it's to weigh your mail. <laughs> like every single time. Because <laughs> it's like you're doing a podcast for like people really into psychedelics and s- offering them a service that gives them a free scale. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, there's, a, I, there's a podcast that I listen to that has the same, that does, that does stamps.com. Is it stamps.com? It's like audible.com. It used to be like Adam and Eve. It's like these companies, I feel this, like all I'm of not going to name the podcast, but they do, they also do yeah. audible, but yeah, I'm sure the they guy, do. you know, he does the live read and like, I don't know, I don't know what the prerequisite is from those guys, but he, they're so long. Yeah. Cause you know, you have like on your phone, you got like the 30 seconds yeah, advanced yeah. feature. 15, yeah. I literally have to hit it like eight it. times yeah, I know. to get through his read. That's a word. Stamps.com. Yeah. 
will never what, happen what on this podcast. What are you talking about for five minutes with Stamps.com? I guess maybe contractually it's like they're like, we're not going to give you anything unless you Talk about this. us for five minutes. Yeah. Well, we're talking for five minutes. About we are, nothing. but we're, we could be making money, man. Yeah, but we're talking for five minutes about nothing and not getting paid. So, who's the jokes on who exactly? Uh, anyways, today in the podcast, uh, a little different guest for us. Um, mm-hmm. You may or may not be familiar with this guy. You probably have seen him actually on TV at one point. Um, his name is Shane McRae. I met him through David Bazan. Uh, he's good friends with Bazan. We talk about Bazan a lot on this podcast. And whenever Dave would do these house shows. Shane would be there, and we'd usually go out after the shows with Dave and get super drunk, and it would always be me and Shane drinking, so we became friends. I saw Shane perform in a play a couple years ago where he plays this alcoholic rapist guy, and we talk about it a lot. It was so intense, and um, he's been in a ton of stuff. He's been in um, Hack, One Life to Live, Law & Order. He played a bad guy in Law & Order, which is awesome. Yeah. We talk about that. Cold Case. He was on Chicago Fire for a while. Um, Gossip Girl. And he's, yeah, he does a lot of Broadway stuff or off-Broadway stuff. And he's moved to L.A. And he's probably in some, I think he's, he has some really crazy stuff coming up we can talk about. But if you saw him, you might know him. He's a great actor, into cool music, nice guy. He so. just missed being being um Steven's favorite actor. Right? Yes, yes. I think he, he was almost he was almost in something that, that Stephen really loved, but you can't say what not. it is. I don't know if we can. I don't think so. <laughs> All right. But he mind. was and even when he was here he was he was on and he was on a show on the sci fi network too. Oh really? I think, yeah. Um but yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff. He's awesome. All right, let's listen to let's him. Let's listen to him. Shane McCray. This is a nice little gig, here. right? Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, yeah. Cool, John. I feel like it's been like years yeah. since I've done this. So Stephen, yeah, Stephen has been sequestered with his twins for a while. But sorry. how old are they? Four. Wow, they're four. They turned four last week. I thought they were like two. <laughs> no, they're four. Wow, I have two as well. Not twins, but smart. Two under two, so it's almost like twins. Because uh, you you had one and then you had sex again for the first time when you could and then had another one. Yep, that's exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I thought I, I, yeah. thought I would, It took us a long time to have the first one. It's, I mean, we don't need to be that careful. Wrong, <laughs> wrong. What did you do? Science IVF? No, we didn't do we didn't do IVF. We did um, IUI. Oh, okay. Yep. And then then we just ended up randomly getting pregnant none of that stuff worked just just old-fashioned worked eventually so that's hilarious that's that happened to we we had a birthday party for the girls and my wife has this old friend from high school they're actually elementary school they're still good friends and she had we had serious fertility issues like we can't have anymore like she's like the doctor said calmly oh yeah she'll die we're like okay so we're gonna avoid that okay so let's let's not do that (laughs) Calmly. But so her friend had fertility issues. They couldn't figure it out. She had a set of twins six months older than mine. So about not even two years later, they're like, well, you know, we want to at least try again. Had fertility issues. They said, okay, you're a little older. Let's, let's, this time we'll, we'll put in three embryos because you're older and, you know, hope for the best. You got about a 5% chance of it taking. So what happened? 
They got twins again. They have a set of twins and a set of triplets. No. Yes. Oh. Are they a lot? Oh. <laughs> that is. That's. It see, sounds Jonah, right funny there, that's unless you have kids and then you're like, children. that's fucking terrible. Oh, my God. Oh it's it's pretty much the worst thing ever. <laughs> they came over this weekend and we had a we had a birthday party and you know it was spring break for my kids preschool so half the kids couldn't come but it didn't matter. Because five kids were running around my house with like four more so it just felt like a troop. But anyway, that's enough that's enough about us and our penises. Yes, seriously. yes. Today I'm going off track. We're joined by Shane McRae. Here we go. What's up, dude? How are you? Good to see you. It's good to see you. It's been what? Two years. At last time I saw you was you invited me to see your play. Oh, right. What was that play called? Killers and Other Family. And it was, Shane was so good in it, but there was such an intense rape scene. <laughs> and two of them. Two of them. Were you, were you, were you, <laughs> and you, you brought the, a were you date, the aggressor right? or the victim? What's that? The rape aggressor. scene was, was Shane the aggressor or the, the victim? Aggressor. aggressor. And I, I brought Jenny Owen Youngs, who's been on the podcast a lot. She's a great singer-songwriter. And I was like, yeah, my friend's in this play. Like, I haven't seen him in a while. Like, I've always wanted to see him. And it was so good, but it was so intense. And especially knowing your personality, <laughs> being, like, such a sweet dude. Dude. What that... was, what was like, what was, what's, like, rehearsing something like that, right? Because I feel like you can't really half-ass it. You can't. You can't. Uh, you know, I've done that play twice, actually, and my wife hates it. When I was like, oh, we're going to do it again. She was like, oh. Like every time you do that play, you drink too much and you, you're just dark and, you know, I mean, it's really, in some ways it's, uh, it's my favorite thing ever. It's the most fun to play a guy that's that terrible, but, uh, but it does take it out of you a little bit but in ways you don't really understand. I remember sitting there and after, after having done the play for a month or so, just at lunch, my wife just said something like, well, you know, we need to go see your parents or whatever you know so, and she said something about oh you know well we just got to make an effort to see family because everybody's getting older and i just started crying <laughs> i was just like sorry i think this play is a little deep a little dark it's it's a it's a tough thing to do to to kind of go there every night and uh to try you went to, to nyu right yeah i did okay I did. so what's what's like when you go to NYU, i have a, a number of friends who went to nyu and What's what's like the what do you study there if you're going to be an actor like do you go is it just all method of the like here's a little bit of Meisner and whatever or? no it's really um, the grad the graduate acting program is different from the undergrad too in undergrad I think they go into different studios and they'll like do Meisner or Lee Strasberg or something but in the graduate program which is what I went to it's it's pretty uh, undogmatic they sort okay. of. It's sort of uh, I don't know who what the guy's name who teaches there, uh, who's who's the the uh, acting teacher. I mean Janet Zarish is a woman who is the head of acting there. She's wonderful, and uh, uh, this guy named Ron Van Lu, who's an absolute genius, uh, was there when I was there. And so it wasn't necessarily any one any one formula. It wasn't he wasn't trained in a specific thing. It was kind of the uh, the school of Ron and Janet and these people that have been teaching now for a long time. And so, That's cool. uh, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. There's a man named Jim Calder there. Who's an, uh, unbelievable movement and physical theater teacher as well. So there, did you ever do any, um, 
Jonah, this is going to say, this is what you sound like when you talk about old hardcore bands. Um, <laughs> as long as you don't talk about what you talked about before the podcast, I'm cool with anything. Fair enough. Fair That's enough. true. Do you do like, I remember it. taking a class in college on Alexander. And I remember yeah, we being do like, Alexander. what is happening? Like, it's this weird, it's this weird way of moving Jonah where you're like, you're walking, but they say, no, move your body here. And you're like, oh shit, that feels weird. But you're still walking like normal. It's really kind of a bizarre thing. It's all about your spine. And- yeah. Basically, when you were born, babies have perfect posture. They sit up straight and they can hold their head up and their heads weigh like 30 pounds compared to yeah. their body or whatever. <laughs> um, but then life beats us down and we all end up slumping around. And, uh, and babies also breathe right. They breathe from the diaphragm. And over time, you start breathing like with your chest and stuff. And you have to like relearn all that. And that's why babies can like school. scream and never lose their voice. You know, they, you never hear a baby like be hoarse. And yeah, they scream true. all the time. I never thought about that. Yeah. Wow. All so babies should kinda, be in hardcore bands. I know it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's really are you true. from New York? Where are you from? No, I'm from Mississippi originally. I grew up in Gainesville, Florida, and then moved to Mississippi when I was ten. And then I was there till I was, I guess, twenty or whatever I was, nineteen when I went to college, and uh, then uh, ended up going to University of Evansville in Indiana. Okay. And then ended up here. And now graduate school. And now you don't live here anymore. I just moved to LA 2 weeks ago. I was hit, I was hitting up Shane and I didn't mean to do this forever. Now he was like, "Yeah, we can do this." Day. I was like, "Or we could do it like next week." He's like, "Dude, I don't I don't live here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do it this week. It needs to be this yeah. week pretty much. It needs to be this where'd you, week. Where'd you move to in California? Well, I mean, I j- literally I don't even own a place. I've just been staying with my buddy out there, but uh Okay. I moved uh, my wife and girls uh, to Arkansas to her family for a little while to go out there and do pilot season, which uh, is this time of the year when they cast all the new fall shows. But is it still happening? Because like everything's mid season or like ten week episodics. No, they series, still so do it. it. They still, still do big? it. Um, it's still. I mean, it, it happens more throughout the year now, but it's still concentrated more than any other time of the year in February, okay. basically. Um, so they still do it. So I went out there to do that and I ended up getting a pilot. So that's why I'm back here. Um, oh, right on. Was that yeah. the one, uh, what's the, what was the pilot for? It's for CBS. It's called Sneaky Pete. It was written by, uh, Brian Cranston. No way. And, uh, a guy named David Shore who did house and mm-hmm. a million other things. Uh, so I think it's really great. You know, it remains to be seen whether it will go to so series. So, happens? Or not. You, you basically shoot one episode. You shoot one episode, and then CBS will do. Let's say they do like ten pilots in a year, and they have three spots, and they sort of a competition for those three spots between all the pilots they do, and maybe they have four. I don't mean I'm just making right. it up. But. Is that stuff all still? Based on Nielsen stuff, or do they have a yeah. more accurate, newer? System? No, I think it's all Nielsen, some algorithm that they have. Yeah, so it's all just guessing. Yeah, basically guessing. Okay. Well, they used to do this thing. I don't know if they still do it, where you would take a pilot and you would go to Vegas and you would grab a tourist and say, "Hey, you guys want to see a TV show?" And they go, "Okay." And you would go. This is you know about this, Shane? I, I don't know about this specific thing. No. This is what they used to do, and it's it's amazing. This went on for decades and you would go sit and you would watch a show and you would have a dial and you would watch a show. And if you liked it, you would turn the dial to the right. If you didn't like it, you would turn to the left. But the problem was that they would get a lot of no readings because if you're watching it and you're liking it, you're not thinking about the fucking dial. (laughs) 
That's so like all point. these crazy shows that have these neat ideas, like just never went anywhere. Because and there's, no, there's, um, they were all... you ever see, you ever see, um, uh, I don't know if it was Beth, the PDs out in LA, but they would show pilots that never made it. And they're and amazing. Oh, they're amazing. Like there's this old, um, Judd Apatow one with like Amy Poehler and Jason Siegel, where she's, she plays judge Reinhold's assistant and Jason Siegel's like trying to be this actor and, Judge Reinhold is still an actor, but he's just playing himself, but just kind of goofy. Um, there's one Robert Smigel did with Adam West playing a really bad detective. Like, he's like, I'm going to go undercover as a hobo. And he shows up with like a stick and a fake beard. <laughs> All this crazy shit. Pile season is so insane to me. It's so nuts. It still goes on like it's that. It's so, it's such a, I've stopped trying to figure it out, you know? Yeah. I mean, every time you think you kind of, oh, well, this one, this is genius. It's definitely going to go. Nope. You know, yeah, it's so wild. You just never know. You Did never. you work with Brian Cranston like pretty intimately? I, you know, I mean, I'm doing it really right now. Uh, but Brian is in um, London filming a movie, so he's emailed and stuff like that. But it's mostly we're working with uh, this guy named Seth Gordon, who's the director, and David Shore, who's the uh, wow, the EP, first, well, all EPs, I guess. But first, uh, Vanessa's first Miley Cyrus show with Brian Cranston. Really? Oh yeah, yeah that's right. He, he played. He played um her. He, he played, played Billy Cyrus. Yeah, he's so he's such like an amazing. Five actor. years ago, such an amazing actor. So amazing. Yeah, that it's dude is a... incredible. Um, so what? Sort of getting back to what we were saying earlier, like when you're playing, like I don't know what your character is on the pilot, but when you're playing someone who's like maybe like a dirtbag or something like that, do right. you feel like does it become part of you, or do you feel like you need to like in order to sort of put on the best performance, <laughs> kind of embrace that? Outside. I mean, it's different. I mean, like we were saying with the play, it's um, you do take on a little bit of the personality, a little bit. It, I think it's less than. I mean, maybe it's just less for me. I mean, you you always hear about these guys in the seventies and uh, who just became the character for nine months while they're right, shooting right. or something. I've never had that experience, but I've also never been doing a movie where I was on like filming an intense character like that for nine months. I mean, I'm sure if that. If I did that, there would be some element to where you take it on. But most of the time when I'm, I mean, at this point in my career, until you're like a star, you don't really get cast outside of, very often outside of roles that are pretty close to yourself. You know, they, they kind of want the guy. They're, you're not going to, very often, now every once in a while, but you're not going to get cast as, um, you know, mafioso if you're me, really. You know what I mean? Like you're... You're kind, I'm usually going to be cast relatively closely to who I am. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, I guess that's kind of an, uh, not a great answer, but it's, no, it's a I, good answer. I, I don't tend to, you know, take on a lot of the the rapist. No, we had um, what, what was the what was that's the latest, the 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 couple who did high maintenance, Jonah? Oh, Ben and Kaja. Yeah, Kaja was this. Um, they do this web series, and she was the casting director for Thirty Rock. And so we talked about their web series and then, you know, we talked about casting and I was like, isn't it interesting how casting is like the last bastion of complete racism where it's like, you know, we need a black gang member. We need like 10 of them and they have to be overweight with dreadlocks, you know, and it's not, there's really, there's no two ways about it. And she's like, yeah, it's the weirdest thing. You know? It is. I mean, it's, it's strange, but I mean, all of casting is basically based on not all of it's based on your looks, but you can, you know, you get exonated right away if you just look a certain way or you don't look a certain way. Or, but for some reason, it's okay because, right? 
I don't know why it's okay. Bro, it <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We can be totally biased <laughs> in this way. Yeah, it's like like that. Um, I, I used to have um, Jonah and I used to work on a TV show together, and and I was the host, and Jonah wrote it. And I would have meetings where they were like, yeah, you need to go to the gym. And I would say in these meetings, yeah, you need to fuck off. And then, and then, but then I started talking to the female hosts and they're like, welcome. Yeah. I mean, for women, it's a thousand times worse. I'm sure. I did a show years ago uh, for NBC and they told me to lose weight. Really? Yeah. I mean, I didn't need to lose a little weight at the time, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just true. It's, um. What happened? I mean, there's a reason you see all. It's sad, but like, you watch television, and slowly as people are on a show more, like you'll see them in the first season, they look relatively normal. Then they're on it for a while, and they start getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. And then they're somehow their skin gets a lot tighter. <laughs> slowly, their lips get puffier. You know what I mean? You're like Wait, soccer moms with ridiculously toned arms. No, it's like. You can see the veins in their arms. Right. I mean, eventually, that's just the way it happens. It's yeah. Cool. I think that happens in music, too. Me and Steven have friends who are in a band, and they went to L.A. and, like, signed to a major label, and, like, the label is basically, like, you guys all need to, like, shave and lose weight. Really? like, we want you to appeal to, like, teenage, teenage girls. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the only people that buy music Exactly. Anymore, right? Yeah. But I don't know if it's as blatant, but speaking of music, this is such a great segue. That was uh, pretty good. Me and Shane met through frequent going off track guest Dave Bazan. Yes. And whenever Dave would do a house show, me and Shane would hang out <laughs> after and go drinking with Dave. And then oh, we sort man. of became friends. That is. That, that's, right? how, that's how it happened. Yeah. Um, and drinking you... with Dave is no joke. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> yeah, he's a serious drinker. How did you, how did you, were you just a fan of his? Or I was sort you... of a, um, a fan and I. I was like uh, a super fan that just infiltrated. Yeah, I, I was too, basically. <laughs> I was too. Uh, I was a super fan, and then um, I know uh, a guy named Jeff Shoup and Rosie Thomas. Do you know Rosie? I don't think so. She's a great songwriter. She's she was on Sub Pop for a long time. Okay. I don't know what she's on now, but the name sounds familiar. Um, yeah, so I I met Dave through that sort of acquaintance, and then they got married. Rosie and Jeff got married, and they had this great wedding in Kansas, and it was like an indie rock legend, like. When I say like it was who played who played at the wedding, it was um, Iron and Wine. No way. Oh, Dennis and Whitmer, Dave Bazan, and uh, Damian Gerardo. So it was like all these people that I was like, "What the hell?" But anyway, so me and Dave ended up uh, hanging out all that weekend and drinking a lot, and both he and I can put him away. And uh, so then we just became friends and then slowly have become really good friends over the years now. Because, I mean, he, it's great because Dave comes into, even if you're in L.A. or you're in New York, you're going to see Dave at least twice a yeah, year. Yeah, I was on tour when he did the house shows recently. I was too. I were missed you? him. I was in L.A. when he was in New York and I was in New York when he was in L.A. Were you in town for the orchestra thing? I was. I was in Gainesville, actually. We were playing a festival in Gainesville. Really? Yeah, they do a big punk festival. It's like around Halloween, but I was right. so bummed I missed that. It was great. Yeah. It was great. I mean, he's he's probably like my favorite songwriter. Period. 
I mean, if you know, desert island kind of thing. He's, yeah, I, I keep coming back to Dave over and over. That's so when you get a house in L.A., you have to make sure it has enough room for him to come play. You know, I don't yeah, even. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't even. You know, I don't even want it at my house though, because I want to be able to go. Yeah, hang out and then leave, not have a bunch of crazy people in my I house. I know. I had one. I lived in one spot where it would have made sense. I lived in this huge <laughs> loft in Williamsburg. Right. You could have done it, and I was like. And I didn't even have any of my stuff there, really. But I was like, I don't want a bunch of strangers. I know. Although I feel like Dave's fans are pretty. Like, they're kind of the nicest people in the world. Yeah, but I also feel like the places he plays now are so nice that now my chance is gone. <laughs> like, do you remember that one place? That was insane. Dave played here a couple years ago at this girl's house. And it was like this penthouse in this new apartment in Williamsburg. And it was the top floor. And I guess the architect who designed the building had designed this unit for himself. And they had, like, private roof deck, like, infinity pool, like, a piano. That was was out of control. Didn't they kind of want us to leave? Yes. (laughs) I think they hated us. We were all, like, hanging around, and they were like, so, um, (laughs) we're going to order some food. And they didn't offer us. We're going to order some food. End of sentence. Oh, okay. (laughs) So we should leave. What are are you guys ordering? Do we have some? No, we're just ordering. We're just ordering some stuff. Um, We're going to eat now. <laughs> and then we did a couple podcasts with Dave when Overseas was here. Oh, really? Yeah, we did one with, we did, two, it's like two sets of podcasts, like Will and, and one of the Cadanes and Dave and the other one. And those are yeah. also really cool. We went to that show together too. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Yep. We went to. We've been to a million shows. We've been to so many shows together, me and Shane. You're always with some hot woman. <laughs> it's It's awesome, right? Jonah? What I mean, Jonas? Jonas got mad play. It's crazy. Every time he's he's like, I'm gonna bring a girl. I'm like, she's gonna be hot. And I'm always like, Ugh, I don't know. And you are. You're always like, <laughs> I don't know. She my, likes my me too much. My wife loves telling the story about how one night we were all hanging out with. Um, we ended up drinking with uh, against me and some friends, and we ended up at this bar. And there's Jonah, and Jonah had on his short workout shorts, and this was like <laughs> Chloe Savini's brother's bar some like nicer joint it was like hilarious and i you know didn't blink whatever it was a summer by the way and it was really hot how short it was was very warm i mean they were they're very small (laughs) (laughs) it kind of looks like a bathing suit yeah like drawstring they're they're not biker shorts there was some give yeah oh boy (laughs) and and of course my wife is like jonah what the what are you doing he's like don't worry trish these shorts gonna get me laid And truth be told, truth be told, <laughs> I don't think that they did that night. Um, I don't think they ever have. I will say, yeah, it's but funny when you've that, had five drinks, you think they're going. Yeah, to. yeah. I'm like, oh, I got this. No, it's yeah, it's funny. Every time it, Shane's is totally right about that. I sort of hate talking about the stuff on the podcast, but you're totally right. <laughs> and I remember us talking about this one time. Like, oh, she seems cool. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And Shane's like, how old are you, man? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm 32. He's like, dude, what's wrong with you? Like, get it together. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I do need to get it together. Oh, I mean, you're just like, I don't know. I think she likes me too much. I'm like, what? Dude. <laughs> I know. It sounds silly now. When you're in that headspace, though, it totally... She likes me too much. She's like a 10. She loves me. I mean, she's my favorite, really cool. My favorite Jonah story, and, and, and Jonah, this won't make you uncomfortable because it's just one sentence that you said. He walked in, we were going to do a podcast, and he was exasperated and went, I think I just broke up with someone I'm not even dating. I don't know what's going on. 
Yeah, that happens too. Guys, I mean, this is what happens in your mid-30s. You kind of figure stuff out. Yeah. I, I've, you know, been married a while now. I'm, I'm out of the game. How long have you been married for? Six years. Wow. Six right years. Right on. Was that 2008, nine? 2008. Yeah. I think it was. When? When in 2008? August 30th, 2008. <laughs> yeah. I got married in 2008. When? Uh, October. Oh, right around the corner from me. So you've been yeah. you're on the six year mark too. Yeah, we're right there, man. See, Almost look at that. seven. I mean, six and a half, right? Yeah, I guess so. I knew you guys would be friends because Stephen's also a theater major, actor. No, 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 no not an actor because what? you need talent for that. And, <laughs> what? Um, well, I mean, you guys have both been on some cool shows. The night after I met Shane, I watched him on Law and Order. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, my wife's done a couple freak of out. those. Yeah, <laughs> done a couple of those. What was what was that experience like? I guess probably I mean, they it, have there's so such many, pros yeah. at Law and Order. You just kind of go in and do your thing and just try to stay out of the way. Yeah. Um, I did an SVU, and I SVU. No, is that a car? SVU SUV. is SVU one with is how, not SUV. S, SVU. SVU. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I did a, a criminal intent. Criminal intent. Yep. Um, SVU is kind of more my thing. Yeah. Do you find yeah. that once you have kids, you just can't watch those kind of shows anymore? I, you know, I still like crime shows a lot. I don't, I don't like things with kids in them at all. I can't watch that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I find that I can't, man, what really kills me are like these ESPN specials where they're talking about like a kid having cancer or something and they'll be like, they're playing the game, you know, and I'll just be weeping. Really? You know, I mean, they're just like, well, we're just going to cut to this kid who's, I, I just can't even think about it. Just a kid who has some terrible disease. And I mean, that's what kills me. You know, now that you have kids, it all becomes ugh, too real. Right. Yeah. Different little things. I'm, I'm more fascinated about, um, uh, like what I've seen law and order. Like there's such a, like you said, it seems like such a process. You just go in and do it is is there a lot of downtime? Like, are you sitting around like yeah. waiting to do stuff? <clears throat> yeah, there is. You know, a lot of times you'll be, I did a bunch of uh, the show called The Following last year. Yeah. It's yeah. like Kevin Bacon, right? Kevin Bacon, serial killer. Um, killed a lot of people. Uh, I did get to kind of play a rapist in that. I always play bad guys. Yeah. I don't know why. I think it's because I have a... I think it's because you look... I like, look like a nice guy. Nice, like a really nice person. Right. So no one would ever suspect you, but it's always... I know. Well, for those of you listening, he's completely covered in blood right now. Yeah. I know I am. I am. <laughs> and tattoos. Face oh. tattoos. So I you, went the whole way. So you had to kill a bunch of people? Killed old, old ladies and... <laughs> I mean, made this guy turn his back on God before I killed his girlfriend in front of him. It was terrible. I mean, there were some awful things we did in that show. Wow. That's um, like the best way you could sell it to me now. I totally want oh, to see yeah. it. I mean, it's... Yeah, well, it's it, following it's, intense, man. It's, yeah. like, it's like a soap, but instead of sex, killing. I mean, there's okay. literally killing in every It's episode. basically like a serial killer's union, right? Yeah, it's like a union of, of serial killers. Like, you have to apply, and then they let you in if you've killed 20 people or whatever. No, no. <laughs> so, i had to talk to the cast at one of the at new york comic-con and uh Ke and uh, uh kevin bacon just comes in first hanging out and then your brain starts to play the game oh yeah of course <laughs> i mean yeah that was the best part of being on the show now i'm i'm one degree I'm you one are degree man now. wow yeah. see i'm t I, i'm two degree well my friend is in a band with his son 
Oh, well, I mean, you're, that would put does me. it count? Yeah, I think that counts. I think that counts. Well, his son is one degree from him. Oh, I'm right. One degree so, from my friend. So you're two. So three, two or three. Yeah, no, I think you're two. <laughs> I think it's fair. <laughs> what music? Are, now, you guys have so much music experience, right? Are you still in a band right uh, now? So, yeah, our, my band, uh, we just, um, yeah, in October we played that festival in Florida, and then we did two weeks on the West Coast, and then we just actually played here at St. Vitus. We played D.C. and Brooklyn last week. Are you a hardcore band? Yeah, it's like it's super heavy, like grindcore. Wow. Metal. Yeah, it's really fun. I'll, I'll give you our record. Yeah, I want it. I yeah, want it. it's fun. Dude, you'll love it. And seeing them live is amazing because they're... I love how you have the one song where all you do is just hammer on. You don't even like touch the strings. Yeah. Luckily, we have that sounds really hard. <laughs> so luckily, like we had to have shorter sets this time. So like every time it got cut, I was like, yes. Yeah, because it's just this left hand thing for like three minutes. But uh, yeah. But yeah. So then when I moved to New York, Stephen hired me to write this show on Fuse. Stephen's oh, cool. on a rock show. And we would just have bands come in and interview them. And that got canceled. Right. You know how the against go. me? I, am I getting the right? You mentioned against me. Yes. He, he, they just had the trans, yes. gender dysphobia blues or something. Yeah, that's an amazing album. Such a good record. So good. Such it's a so great good. album. Yeah, they're uh, yeah the lineup. You know, it's because it's a drummer now for Rocker from the Crypt. Oh, I did not. Yeah, know that. Adam Willard. I mean, and yeah, so it's it's pretty sick group of musicians there. But yeah, yeah it's a great record. Yeah, I, I was listening to it two weeks ago or something. I was reading about it and got, you know, best record in a bunch of places or something. Yeah, I was just talking to Laura because um, they're making Against Me Grinders, so I'm having her send me one. Really? Yeah. Okay. Wait, grinders? Like, like weed grinders. Oh. <laughs> it's like coffee grinders? I don't understand. <laughs> I was like, like giant sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I could have been more. I guess you guys aren't like my stoner friends who would instantly know, <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, oh, what's the the teeth grinder, ratio in that right, thing? Right, right, right. Grinder. Isn't that a, <laughs> isn't that a website where you go? <laughs> yeah, um, guess me, they're from Gainesville, right? Yeah. I, mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like every hardcore band's from Gainesville. Gainesville has that's... a crazy scene. And yeah, well, No yeah. Idea Records is down there. So uh, I think that's kind of there's a ton of bands and you know i'm from festival. gainesville originally mm-hmm. did i mention that i did you yeah. did mention that you have a lot of cred for that and i mean yeah i've seen zero hardcore <laughs> bands and i think the only band i've ever seen down there was sister hazel okay <laughs> what what kind of stuff what kind of stuff is shane into man i wouldn't what kind of stuff am i into i'm uh i feel like my musical taste hasn't changed that much in like 10 years i'm still sort of like well, that's not true. I li- I've gotten a lot more into hip hop. Okay. Now. Um. So anything on Hot ninety seven, I I listen to. <laughs> I saw. Is that dude Cipher Sounds? Is he on Hot ninety seven? He used to be. I don't know. Okay. If he, I think maybe he just changed. There was a big fall. I mean, okay. I went to a stand up show last night, and he did a set. Oh really? I just went to. I, I went to the show. I went to go see this guy Ari Shafir, who I like at this place. This, I feel like I know that name too. He just moved back to from LA. It's this place, the Stand. Have you been there, Stephen? It's on Third Avenue between 19th and 20th and i just like was looking for something to do i was home all day right and i went and ari went on first next up was damon waynes jr what who yeah. is this i guess his son it looked exactly like him isn't he in funny. a bunch of shows now? yeah is he's he? on new girl right yeah new girl. oh really yeah. yeah i think so and then it was cypher sound it was a free show it's crazy right on um but yeah. yeah why am i talking about that oh hip-hop Oh, so I've, I I listen to a lot of hip hop. I listen to all my old gems. I I love the new Sufjan album and all Dave stuff. Um, what hip hop are you listening to? I listen to that the new Kendrick Lamar. 
Yeah, really I've heard liked. good stuff about that. I want to hear that. Yeah. I heard it's amazing. We saw yeah. when we were in Austin. Oh, we just played South by Southwest last week. Oh, you we played did? two shows. Yeah, I forgot about that. It's kind of a blur. But we saw um, Run the Jewels. I've Dude, heard about them. So good. So yeah, good. and then you it, find out it's LP, and you're like, well, of course it's good. Yeah, it's Killer Mike and LP, and I, I'm not like a huge hip hop person myself, right. but everyone in my band was like so into it, and um, ended up kind of going last minute. And it actually was was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've, I've been just I don't know why I I've, I've always liked hip hop. I'm not. I mean, I say I like hip hop. I'm not like a crazy hip hop fan. I don't know. I can't like drop old school knowledge or anything i right. just kind of listen to what's you know what you like yeah i know what i like and now i have two kids so i'm just like you know hanging on that's why i don't i mean you know i have pandora and stuff that's how i find yeah everything and read a little bit here and there about so how often do you have to like go on auditions and stuff is that like a constant thing i mean yeah it's pretty much constant unless i have a job okay you know i haven't been on as many the last couple of weeks but i've you know, I I will go on up to probably. I try not to go on more than one a day, but sometimes you have to go on two a day. And during pilot season, you're kind of cramming. Dude, no, I remember but, trying to be an actor years ago, and it was first moved out to L.A. and it was pilot season. It was like three auditions a day for like three weeks, and I was yeah. like, "What is happening?" It's so it's so intense because you're learning. You're just spending all your time learning lines and then going in and. You know, most of the time, them saying thank you. That was really nice. Well, that was my other question. Like, having watched the play, like, memorizing... Like, I did a, a TED Talk last year. And you it, did? Yeah. And it was, like, 12 minutes long. And it, it was, was great. So... I, can you. I go on Netflix Yeah, it's on YouTube. What? Yeah, yeah. But... What just, was it about? Just for... It was called um, Living Without a Roadmap. It was kind of about, like... Um, it's kind just of like letting awesome. things happen or just kind of, like how you get from this point to this point, but just, right. I don't know. I feel like whenever I try to explain it, it sounds super pretentious. No, no. I mean, it, it was just about like not planning things, just like right. doing what you like and just like kind of letting it happen. That's I, kind of I'm going to watch it. Check I'm it gonna, out. I will. But that, that was, but that was like, yeah, like 12 minutes and it took me like four months to memorize it. Yeah. And that play was so long and you, there were so many like, and you'd remember all the stage actions. I mean, how's what's You that get problem? better at it too. Really? I, yeah, it's like a muscle that you, uh, that if you work out enough, you just kind of get better at it. And you did daytime, right? I, I did for a, a very short while. I actually replaced a guy for two weeks who got sick. <laughs> so literally I came in and played his character for two weeks. Is daytime then, a play? No, daytime. Uh, so so, oh, gotcha. But that's like that's next level memorization. I that's, I, I, that's I would not brutal. want to do that. I mean, that's like forty pages in a day, kind of stuff. Those people. I I had a, I had a friend of mine who's an actor out in L.A. and we were talking about something, and we we're just goofing around. And he was he was like, "Dude, don't mess with me. I've done daytime." Because he was just talking about memorizing. No, it's crazy. I mean, so they have to because I'm just used to it's like Stephen Show we had a prompter, and then yeah. my sister show they have cue cards. Oh, right. So I right. just kind of assumed every show, your lines are in front of you. No, not, not the usually. Case at all. Not, not, I mean, you know, <clears throat> with your sister's show, it's live. Right. right. So you'd be up shit creek if you were. Yeah, that's a true. Lot, a lot of shows, you can sort of be like, ah, let's do that again. Right. That's you true. Know? Um, But. So you get all these pages and then they're like, you need to shoot this tomorrow? And will you just, For like, daytime, you can get them that morning. I remember serious? going in and. 
They'd be like, well, we got some rewrites. And it was 15 pages and just about having a nervous breakdown in the makeup chair. <laughs> just like, are you, what? I don't, huh? How strict are they about, like, it being exactly? They don't give a flying. <laughs> you could, with daytime, they're like, you could ju- you could be like, and so, um, Margo, you can't, I'm mad at you. And they're just like, great, we got it. Moving on. You're like, what? <laughs> they're just worried about getting their pages in a day. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're not going to save you. You're not going to look. I watched a few takes of me when I was first doing it with daytime, and I was like, oh, my. <laughs> this is embarrassing. People still watch that, though, huh? Is I that guess. Still, I, I thought. I don't really I know. I feel like reality television has really done a number on daytime, but yeah. I think there's a couple of them still out there. I think there's like, they're, they're online now and stuff. You know? Okay. But um, now are you one of those that, you know, you you like theater more, you like to work, you just like to act like I mean, theater for me is is um, the actor's medium, you know, I mean, anything good. I like doing if it's a good film or it's a good play, then that's what I like doing. But I mean, I think theater, you actually have control and you're actually in the moment and a lot of it with film is just the director like you do it a couple of times and then they choose and they can edit anything together which uh i mean it's still really challenging a lot of times to do film but um there is something really i mean the difference is pay of course you don't get paid anything for theater and you can get paid for film you don't always get paid for film but you at least have the option and then television you're usually paid even better uh so I, I guess I, I like making money, <laughs> so I like doing theater. <laughs> I mean, I like doing television and film, and it's nice that you can watch. You know, theater is kind of gone in the moment. If somebody doesn't come and see the play, then they're just going to be like, "I heard you were great in that," right? You know, um, but it's also it's so alive and so vibrant, and so on the edge, and so terrifying that it's kind of awesome too. Um, you have to be really comfortable with theater. Of just like boredom's the wrong word, but you're doing it over and over and over and over and over right and did you ever get to that point where um we used to do this in school probably why i'm not a good actor but where you just get so bored you just try to fuck with your friends on stage I, we did that in college yeah <laughs> i don't do it usually professionally as much but in college i guess, we I definitely guess not did that. no i guess equity wouldn't frown on that i could totally see steven doing this. well i mean i'm not saying it never happens but but it definitely is. Uh, you try, you try not to. You try not to. You know, totally blow up your friend's scene. Like, yeah. like what? Just try to make them laugh or something? Or yeah, like- try to make them laugh. Or um, like if a friend of mine would like, if they would stumble on a line, instead of just going with it, I would stop. And be like, what was that? <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you come again? And then they would be like, "You're such a fucker," and I'd be like. <laughs> Wait, I'm a fucker now? Like, that's weird here in the Shire. (laughs) And then I was dating this girl who was doing, like, a play where she had to be drinking moonshine. I thought it'd be funny to put real moonshine in there. Oh, my. It was so awful to watch, but really, really funny. She was hammered by the end of the play? She just spit it out because it was, like, in the hills of Virginia, so it was real shit. (laughs) It just launched all over the... When we were doing the play, everyone would always ask me if we were drinking real whiskey. Because we were drinking whiskey through that whole play. And I was like, do you know how much whiskey we would have consumed in an hour and a... Like, we would not be standing yeah. upright. It was... But be, everybody would be like, that was real whiskey, huh? I'd be like, no, that's <laughs> not real whiskey. Like, I would be 
blackout <laughs> drunk on stage if that was real. It's so so this people we were talking about earlier, Ben and Kaja, they have this web series, High Maintenance. It's on Vimeo now. Okay. There's ads for it all over. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, what, that was one of the things I asked them. I was like, do you guys really smoke weed on the show? And they were like, no. They were like, we can't, except when they did the dabs, which is like the concentrated, it's like, you light this, you have to light this nail with like a blowtorch what? to get it super hot. And then you put this like, it's like kind of like next level, like stoner. I don't Ugh. really mess with it because I can't handle it. But they were like, when we did that episode, we really did it. And he's like, and you can tell. Like, yeah, it's so not, high. it's not good either. Like, yeah. One time I was doing this, uh, this movie that shall remain unsaid because it's terror. Actually, it's a great stoner movie. It's called Killer Pad. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's it's a horrible movie, but it's wonderful, horrible. Yes. On purpose, horrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but can't be kitschy. The pro- yeah, the produ- the producers were like, "Wow, you know, you guys are supposed to be drunk, so we got you guys some beer." And we were all drinking and getting pretty drunk, and we were terrible. Like, we don't look drunk; we just look <laughs> like terrible actors. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, we thought, "Oh, it's gonna be method." It's not method; it's just. But it seems like Horrible. acting drunk must be such a weird feeling because you don't want to like oversell it. But it's like you don't really think about how you're acting when you're drunk. Like no, and you don't. It's just a bad idea in general. <laughs> you just end up looking like a doofus. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you don't. You know, you do see some people. Uh, there's some great scenes in The Wire and stuff where they're acting drunk. Did you ever watch The Wire? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um. I had an acting teacher who said, remember, acting drunk isn't looking drunk. It's trying not to. Right. Right. <laughs> and when, you're, okay. when you are, you know, when you have imbibed a little bit, you don't remember that. Yeah. And you're just, it was, a, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I forgot what we were talking about now. Dude, we're drunk. We're drunk right now. Oh, we are. <laughs> I feel sort of drunk. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you were now, were you were in school? I remember when I, I studied theater, and I wanted to be a director. That's that's right. Like, that was I really enjoyed that. Um, and I found that I ended up hanging out with more English majors and stuff because the theater majors annoyed the fuck out of me. Right. Because I was could, like, if I hear sh- the word shepherd or mammoth one more time, I'm going to punch somebody. Because I like those plays, but I've read a couple more, you know what I mean? Right. And I just found there was like this crew, and then it got down to like, well, I, I like method, not like this. And I was like, hey, you can just make me believe what you're doing. I don't really give a shit, you know? I mean, I think especially in college and stuff like that, you get into a lot of like how you do things. Mm-hmm. But I think in the professional world, it's just too hard. Like, it's too hard to worry about a certain philosophy it's just survival of the fittest like you literally if somebody can do it and make a living at it then i'm like great you know what i mean like it just doesn't i feel like the longer you're doing it professionally the less you care about that stuff you're just like whatever i can do that works you know whatever i can um i mean it really comes down always to to sort of like listening and and knowing what your character wants and and trying to figure out how to I have a, a teacher who uh a guy named Alan Savage who I think is an amazing teacher here in New York and he would just say basically acting is um the phrase like I hear what you're saying but here's what I need you to understand. 
So you, oh. hear, you know what I mean? I hear what you're saying, and but here's what I need you. So it's just a constant looping, as he calls it. Like you take it in and you give it back. Because acting is all about conflict, you know what I mean? It's It's about finding some sort of... I want this and I want this and how, where's that going to meet in the middle? You know, then you put all this other stuff on top of it. Like You still take class? I do. I, I mean, I wish I did. I don't as much now as, um, now that I had children, I don't get a yeah. chance to as much, <laughs> but I used to, I would, you know, if I had time and, um, basically if I had time and I mean, I, I will again, I think someday, but with two in diapers, it's not a lot of. I mean, do you feel like with kind of the level you're at, like people have been like weeded out to the fact like everyone's usually pretty good who you work with? Are you ever, I'm not trying to get you shit talk. I mean, I sort of am a little bit. Right. Or do you ever feel like, dude, like, come on, man. Like, this isn't like. I mean, I, I you know, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I feel that way. I mean, I, I guess like every kind of job is that way. Right. And there's no telling, you know, there's all different kind of. uh levels of reasons people are you know because it's a business at the end of the day right right it's, it's like it's like if this person was on a reality show and they have a huge following they're gonna probably get the job no matter what even if so-and-so is <laughs> is you know robert de niro you know but this other person can sell more tickets it's all gonna be about that so. yeah that's crazy we had a guest on and um after the show they were telling us um how they did that show at midnight and about, they were like, the most camera time always goes is YouTube stars because they have the right. biggest following. They're like, their following is huge. Right. And so crazy because I don't know who any of those people are. No, I know, I know. But, you know, it's hard to remember that too. It's not like a normal job where if you're a lawyer for a few years and you're on this sort of partner track or whatever, you kind of raise up like your first, second, third. But you can be an actor and, and have been doing it for 10 years and then all of a sudden just like... Be, not be able to get a job right right <laughs> you know what i mean and then you're just kind of on the edge like well i guess i'm gonna figure out something else to do you know it's not I mean? it's not about getting the job it's about keeping the job right and that's true you know and yeah. then you're in that um uh it's interesting there's there used to be books jonah on like types and your face would get stuck in a book like ingenue older actor right. like it's again it's insane you know and um <clears throat> and then they would have you know, character. Right. And well, it's, it's really weird. And I had an acting coach in, in LA uh, who I, I loved. She still does stuff out there. And she's like, she's put us all in a room and she went, this is how it works. He's the captain. Steven, you're the guy who flies the spaceship. And I was like, why the fuck do I have to be the guy that flies it? <laughs> and she's like, because I'm just telling you that's what it's going to be. And it's hard, you know, it's hard. It's hard to accept that when you first get out of school. But then... It's just true. You just say, and, and for me, I've, sometimes it's a struggle because I'm a little bit in between niches. I'm kind of like good looking, but not quite good looking enough sometimes. <laughs> um, so you end I up. disagree, Shane. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, but you, uh, you end up sort of flying in between niches where you're like, wow. I mean, how often do I get like, well, he's not really the type we're looking for. And that's because they want John F. Kennedy Jr., you know what I mean? Or, well, he's not really the type they're looking for, and that's because they want Seth Rogen. You know, it's like right, this right. in-between kind of thing. And I'm sure that a lot of people fall into that category, but I think that that's, that's, that's part of the hard thing about negotiating your way through it. And you just have to be 
persistent. You just have to keep keep being willing to get up. Have you ever had that moment where you've been given a script or something, like even for a show and saying like, okay, you want me for this guy, but I really, I know I'd be awesome for this one. Can I try it? Yeah, yeah. Or or even more often is they'll send they'll send the um script out and they'll uh I'll I'll read it and I'll be like, Okay, I'm gonna go in for the for this one thing, but I know that I'm really more right for the other thing, but I'm still gonna prepare this this scene because this is what they wanted and then hopefully they'll see right oh well you're actually better for this guy so you know that happens a lot what's um what's sort of like how do you sort of deal with rejection because that must be such a big part of your i mean you just professional life you just keep getting up i don't know that i have i've gotten better at rejection but it's never it never like stops hurting yeah but it hurts less do you You just just not take it personally or you just don't take it personally you just try to do the best that you can and then you know that so many things are out of your control you know i've been fired a couple of times and it usually has nothing to do with anything you're doing um and then you can have in the same day you can have somebody literally tell you that why aren't you a movie star you're fantastic and this then you go into another room and people are like they literally don't even look up from their piece of paper that they're, you know what I mean? And you're just like, what? I don't understand. <laughs> what, what am I doing differently? These are 30 minutes apart. Right. You know what I mean? And so you realize that at the end of the day, you just say like, what are, what are we having for dinner? You know what I mean? It's the, it's you just keep going. You know, I think it was harder actually when I was single without kids because you could wallow in it more and you could kind of get in your head about it and, you know, um, sort of the, uh, you know, eh, she likes me a little bit too much kind of thing. <laughs> really? What's that like? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> um, no, but, but you know, you, then you beat yourself up about it, but now I don't have time to do that. Cause they, there's going to be two little girls, you know, and a wife that I need to be okay for. So you go and you get rejected and then you go home and you, a- do you feel like that's more pressure, you know, now, because you know, it's auditions or. You know, yeah, it, it is more pressure in a way, but it's also, um, I think you, you just learn how to, uh, I, I mean, I guess it, it is more pressure, but you just, you learn how to sort of, to deal with the pressure a little bit better and to, and you know that it's not, I've been doing it long enough now that I know there'll be another job. Well, most of the time I know that if you catch me in my darkest places, I'll probably be like, well. <laughs> About to be an Uber driver. <laughs> like real soon. It is funny but, how it's like with bands. Like Joan and I have had so many bands come on that in our eyes are like, you like why, why doesn't everyone in the world listen to your record? Like I, I just can't ever figure don't that out. get it. I can't ever figure out talking to Dave like, what? Well, especially Dave because it's like we did a podcast. We did The last one we did was with a couple people and I was wearing my Bazan shirt and literally yeah, Jenny Lewis was one of them. And Jenny Lewis was like, Oh, one of my favorites. Like everyone who I was wearing the shirt was like, is that a Bazan shirt? Like everyone loves him. But it's, it's like, yeah, it's not, he plays medium sized places, you know, like yeah. it's not, he's playing Madison square garden. I mean, it's, it, was, just, it was our most popular episode for the longest time. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, of course it would be, but I, I sometimes I like you talk to Dave and he's like, you know, just, he's just like, any of it's just like trying to put like food on the table and you're totally. like, 
dude, how in the world are you trying to put food on the table? Yeah, and he's in a better spot than a lot of people because at least like solo stuff, like he can he doesn't have to split it like five ways. It's like I, I mean, have a lot of friends who are like home from tour and they're can, working in a restaurant or can you? It's crazy. You know, yeah, it's wild. It's weird. It's also I mean you find that in acting too that people view you as like some sort of success when you often are like struggling more financially than they are. You know what I mean? It's it's right. like the great Facebook thing. Like Shane just saw you on SVU. Amazing. Or like, I can't believe you're in still Alice or the help of these, you know, the, and I'll, and like, you know, that people from your high school are like, wow, that guy's doing so well. Little did they know. I'm like filling out the unemployment card. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you're yeah. trying to, you're trying to just pay the bills. But I think you know? there's a level of that, too, where you're like, I feel like if I was an actor, even if I was, like, the lead of the biggest movie in the world, I still would feel that way. Like, oh, yeah. like I, I'm, I'm like a fraud or like I'm not there totally. yet. Or like, totally. And I, you see that when people get bigger and bigger, they're just, I mean, it's just the same old shit. We still have to look at ourselves every day and be like, nope. <laughs> you know? Maybe we're just neurotic. Maybe yeah. I'm just neurotic. Yeah, I think this is why we why we like Bazan so much. It's true. It's true. I mean, every job I ever work on, if I'm I'm interviewing somebody or talking or whatever, I always if someone starts to get like ah, the camera's not looking right, I always go, no one's here is curing cancer, man. No, it's true. Calm it, calm it down. <laughs> Steven, you had a show with your name in it. I mean, that's very impressive. Yeah, how'd that happen? Because we couldn't get the lawyers to agree on a name, so they stuck it up so we'd have a listing. That was just bad timing. <laughs> That's amazing. It's I true, re- too. <laughs> I remember the, gr- the great story I remember from my... Se- the great story. I'm, uh, the great story I like to tell. <laughs> uh, Which one? You can be way more specific. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I, was, I did this show called Four Kings years ago for NBC. It was me and Seth Green and uh, two other guys. And... Um, we had our, you know, I had my face on, uh, there was a bill, there was two billboards in Times Square with all of us on them. And it was like big deal and felt like hot shit for a little while. And, uh, you know, buses and, oh, wow, wow, this is it, you know? And then cut to two years later, I'm work, I get married, I get, you know, that show, it does fine, but it gets canceled after a year or whatever. And it's, uh, cut to me working in the basement of a coffee shop washing dishes. I'm six foot one. The coffee <laughs> shop basement was six foot. So I'm hunched over. Billboard two years ago, now washing dishes in the bottom of a fucking coffee shop. And I'm just like, what has happened with my life? And that's just the way it is. And then a year later, you get a show. You know, like you're constantly the big shot and then the nothing the big shot and the nothing yeah. big shot and the nothing that guy i saw last night that comedian he just did a podcast where he talked about how he's really living in hollywood really depressed and like thinking about suicide like really dark and now where his apartment was there's like a billboard of his comedy central show yeah but it's so weird if you like so many people just call it quits like if you stick around sometimes it's like you never know what's going to happen right you just have to keep getting up I yeah and just hope that you know eventually one of these things lands and then you can have a little bit of security. Right. You know? Never a ton, but I think Yeah, it's weird. It's like when you're an actor, there's no when you're an actor, there's no like upward mobility. It's not like you're working for a company and all of a no. sudden you're gonna make VP. Right. No, it's like I mean, I got this this pilot and I'm just thinking, healthcare. Just got healthcare. That's what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. that's the way you start to 
live. How, you know? how long does it take before you find out? A, a while? We'll find out in uh, May. May? Okay. Yeah. So it won't be too long, you know. Um, knock on wood. Everything. Yeah, man, we'll keep pulling for you. CBS, yeah. they, they, uh, th- their shows tend to do okay. I mean, I think the thing about CBS, it's hard because they have so many successful shows. It's harder to get on. Right. But if you get on, they tend to, they tend to do better than the other places. They seem, they seem to know their brand better than a lot of the other networks. You know, they have a certain thing they do, and it works. And it'd be fun to have a show that goes to like, I guess, a traditional series where it's not like seven episodes right. on hbo you know right you know it would be nice it'd be nice to uh be on something where you could sink your teeth into it for a couple of years and, and feel good about the uh the work you're doing as well as the financial benefits you know well just get paid what you love man it's cool <laughs> i know yeah seriously just to get to get up every day and go act and, and get paid for it that's about as good as it gets yeah you know that's our dream for the podcast, right, Jonah? That is our dream, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, thanks so much for coming by, man. Oh, that man, so this awesome. is great, dude. I mean, uh, you know, any time. I'm glad that I was in town. Yeah, it worked out perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, enjoy. Have fun looking for a place in L.A. I know. I don't, I don't know where I'm going. I think I'm going to have to go east side. Try to Represent, dude. That's it. Elliot we have, um, we have a very good yeah, friend you know. who lives over there in... Um, uh, shit. Where does Trevor live? Like Echo Parky region. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he he has a friend who's an architect who's been buying up. He's Trevor's like yeah, we're gentrification because he's buying up all these areas and like you know the Echo Park region and his house was just featured in some Dwell magazine because it's what this just new little offshoot. Kind of it's not a big this? house, this but it's just set up really friend, cool. Huh? He's yeah, he works at Disney. Uh, um, oh yeah, one of those. He's an old hardcore guy. Yeah. That's pretty Fantastic. funny. Yeah. He's the only one at Disney who knows who Inside Out is. <laughs> <laughs> what is, like, what is, who are the, like, the top level hardcore bands right now? Um, sort of. Or the ones that you're listening to, I guess I should say. Well. United Nations. I'm not even being facetious. That's Jonah's band, and they're amazing. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, I'm trying to think like there's a lot of the bigger bands are like younger like almost like I like there's this if you heard this band Turnstile mm, good name they're like this huge like huge band but it just sounds like kind of traditional hardcore right um, I'm trying to think like big hardcore bands I don't know yeah it's all it's all like just like younger band but then a lot of the bands that are still like um i'm going to see thursday and i'm going to see like census fail are playing um with fuck are they playing with with like silverstein like all these guys my age who've just been right. in bands for like well it's like silverstein's 10 year anniversary yeah. of that one record which but, is crazy yeah but a lot of those bands are still kind of big like these bands from kind of like the early 2000s do they make a, like does hardcore do hardcore bands do they make a living is there like on that we, level they do Right. Um, it really just depends. It's hard. It's hard to make a living because you're not making any. You're not making money off records, right? So basically, you just have to be on the road tour, tour, enough. Tour, 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 tour. I think it. all the festivals probably help those bands festivals more than are they great. don't. You know, but if you have right. a bus, I mean, that's that's like a thousand dollars a day gone, and then you have a tour manager, you have a lighting guy, you have a sound guy, you have your crew. Then you're splitting right. with everyone in the band. It's like even if your guarantees like ten grand. It's like you're you're probably not getting that much money. No. But you get to be an effing rock star. (laughs) 
I feel like being an actor is way cooler. Oh God, no, no way. Yeah. Oh, dude, I think it's dude. It's like being in being in a band to me just looks like so much work for no reward. Like you're on tour all the time. Yeah. You have 23 hours to figure out what the fuck's going on. There is zero glamorous about it. Once you get on stage and play for 45 minutes, it's you know it's like theater. You have yeah. this incredible high for like 90 minutes to two hours in theater. And then you like leave, wipe your face off, and you walk out the stage door past all the people and you fuck off. That's you know true. I mean? and That's true. It, but, it, but you can play like, I can't act by myself. You can play music by yourself. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, I never have. <laughs> but I guess technically you sort of could. But I mean, you could. You could give like a monologue or something. Yeah, I guess. I guess. The thing I like killer about one man show you've been working on to be or not to be. I like because I can if I can hang out in the back too. Like I'm not like a front right. man, so it's like it's not. I feel like the center of attention isn't on me, which I like. Shane, you a Shakespeare guy? I love Shakespeare. Yeah, I you do. did Richard the Third, right? I did. I did Richard the Third at the public with Peter Dinklage. I actually cut off Peter Dinklage's head. What? No way. Before House of Cards. I mean House of Cards, Game of Thrones. You cut off his head in the play? Yeah. Wow, and, and they just and they just buried Richard the Third for real. Just reburied yeah, him. Yeah, I heard they dug him up and reburied him. Yeah, they found him in a parking lot. It's crazy. It's true. Really? Yeah, yeah. They found he, him under he, a parking lot, and they lot. found the hump and everything. He was all jacked up. Yeah. Dude, that would be an incredible episode of SVU. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What would that even be? I don't know. Like we found this body. Like it's Richard the <laughs> Third. And oh I God. Yeah, explaining who it is. Shakespeare's no joke, man. Like I mean, that's that's the the deepest of the. You know, it's so hard to see a good Shakespeare play, but if you ever see one, they're they're so amazing. You know, if you get a yeah, chance man, to I, see Mark Rylance or somebody. I saw Simon Russell be able to do Richard the Third. Actually, oh really? Yeah, at, he did that at a couple Stratford years on ago. Avon, like yeah. a million years ago, when I was studying in London. I studied the Globe. You did, and yeah, I'm a dumb Shakespeare nerd. Um, but I'm like, I'm, I, I treat Shakespeare like Bob Dylan. There's a yeah. lot of Shakespeare. A lot of it's garbage. Yeah. Well, but the ones true. that are good are really fucking good. Yeah. The, you don't get any better than the, yeah. the ones that are good. Because you're like Henry the Sixth, part two. Don't, mm. You don't need to read it ever in your life. You really mm. don't. No. <laughs> but yeah, I saw, um, I saw Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet a couple times. Really? And it was four and a half hours each show. <laughs> Golly. He's he's the he was the most badass actor I ever saw because I had been studying Hamlet for for a good year and I watched the show and I was like well, he cut a line out and then he cut another line out and it was just little bits here and there and afterwards I I remember finding out from someone who worked on the show went what was he doing and they went oh he the show was running too long so he edited because he wanted to make it to the pub before it closed at 11 <laughs> that's priorities right there but can you imagine how good you have to be to be able to like cut out a shakespeare line i mean you have to be head? like a, a gene yeah i mean that's that's insane but richmond's no joke and richard the third man that's that richard the third's a hardcore play it is a hardcore play and it's uh it was great it was a great experience it was funny like there was a bunch of good great ty burrell modern family yeah. okay he was in that with me and that was years before Modern Family, and uh, a bunch of really great actors were in that. Um, People don't realize how funny that play is. Yeah. It's really, I mean, Richard is a hilarious. He's so funny. He's like a, you know, it's almost comedic at times, you know. Yeah, he like kills this like chick's parents and then asks her to marry him. Like that's like immediately after. And you're like, what the fuck? 
And she's like, you just killed my parent. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but... You know this is a good idea. <laughs> and eventually she does. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> oh, man. Um, right on. Uh, speaking of children, I have to go pick up mine from preschool. So this has been delightful talking to yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely, I'm glad bro. that well, you could you. all do this. I'm really stoked. Stephen actually has a body, too, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, it's, it's not just a disembodied head. You're a... just like Max Hedrum. <laughs> I'd show it to you, but I'm wearing nothing. <laughs> I figured that you didn't have your pants on. I could actually tell you didn't have any pants on. It's, uh, you know, you've got kids. No, if you, you don't. If you're not leaving the house, what's the point? Why would you ever put pants on if you're not leaving the house? That was fun. <clears throat> it was good to have Steven on here. Uh, you know, Stephen can't always make it, but I feel like him and Shane had a lot to say about Shakespeare and Hamlet and a bunch of stuff I don't know anything about <laughs> because I wasn't paying attention in like eighth grade or whatever. I was like smoking cigarettes in the wood and like learning how to play Pantera songs, <laughs> which has really helped me in life. Uh, but, I think Shakespeare would probably be okay with that though. You think? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird that like there hasn't, is has there been another person like Shakespeare like writing wise like it's like you have these like really singular people like einstein or shakespeare or i guess like the beatles as a group but it's like these people that like you just associate with something it's like is there an equivalent of that like is well i always you know when you when you have somebody like that you wonder if they just got the best pr do you know what i mean like there obviously was other people like right or you wonder if they were just we're lucky to be alive during this point where it wasn't so early that like you couldn't even make a play because you're like in a cave or something but so <laughs> but early enough where you, you were doing stuff and no one else had really done it before moment. like yeah. you were like like someone's going to come up with like Roman and Juliet eventually right. you just kind of happened to like be there at the perfect time right. for it to yeah the Beatles are a great example I mean Jesus you know like they're they're the rules of rock and roll like in the 60s Nobody had done anything yet. Right. So whatever you wanted to do, you're going to be, you're going to sound cool. Yeah. But you had to go to so many more steps to get to, I mean, I guess, you know, like they had Ed Sullivan, they had like, were ways to reach people, but it's not like, now it's like anyone can hear what you're doing, but there's so much shit out there that kind of no one cares. Well, and so much has been done. That's the hardest yeah, part. Yeah, and so much has been done. You know, like, true, true. In the 60s, you put a delay on your guitar and all of a sudden you were freaking awesome. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah, so interesting times we live in. I mean, this is I mean, this is probably the best time I would think to be alive. <laughs> I mean, and by time, do you mean era or do you mean decade or do you mean I just think technology has made so much stuff possible that was never possible and it's that's awesome. Yeah. Like it's awesome that like even if I want to stay in, I can l- watch find a like a live concert of like my favorite band and watch it for free instead of having to like sit and watch mama's family or whatever is on like the three channels when I was growing up. Yeah. It's nice to know that you're less likely to die of less likely to die disease. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the best thing about the technology. I don't know. I kind of, I'm kind of more into the Netflix thing. (laughs) 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 Whatever. I mean, yeah. Medical technology. Also cool. Also totally cool. But uh, anyways, <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. Thanks to Shane for coming by. Check out, check him out on all of his shows. Um, Google him. I'm sure he's doing something awesome right now. Uh, thanks to Dave Bazan for introducing us and being 
equally awesome. And hey, uh, thanks to Converse Rubber Tracks. Thank you. We don't. To we Converse don't really thank. We don't. We don't thank you enough. My employer enough, but no. you know what? It's a. Uh, it's a good place to do this podcast. It is. Everyone here at works here is so cool. I'm very excited to check out those new trucks. I keep seeing ads for them. They're they're cool. I have a. What, you know, I'm like a ten. Price? Yeah, I have a pair, but they're um they're mine. Gotcha. They're my size. I can't take them for a test drive. No, they're too small. Gotcha. Yeah. They're cool though. Yeah, they're definitely. It's definitely uh, you know, it's a cool step. I mean, they're gonna keep the same the old chucks too. But you think it's a cool step? <laughs> I <laughs> Sorry. did that totally by accident. <laughs> it's just being around you, Jonah. No, I know. I understand. <laughs> I like it. Uh, <laughs> Let's do this podcast. Okay. Wait, we already did it. <laughs> Let's let them listen to it. Oh, yes. Listen. <laughs> Wait, you already listened to it. This is a, this is the outro, right? <laughs> this is the intro. It is? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Holy shit. Sorry, I totally fucked that up. <laughs> All right. Uh, can you edit that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Shane McRae. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. That was awesome. I've done the same thing. You have? <laughs> I guess I could have looked at that, but... You can't tell. Oh, yeah, that. you can't tell. Unless you All right. saw the hand clap. Gotcha. Yeah, we can edit that out. That'll be easy. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that was Shane McRae. Shane. Um, thanks for Shane for coming by. Thanks um, to Dave. Thanks to Dave for hooking, for hooking it up. Uh, thanks to Rubber Tracks for having us. Um, and thanks to all of you for listening to us. You can donate, com. help us pay our server costs. We have 9 million episodes. Uh, and... That's not cheap. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow us individually. You can ch- leave us a nice review on iTunes. That makes me feel good. Um, leave Jonah a nice review yeah. anywhere. Or talk shit about us on iTunes, which a few people have also done. <laughs> Maybe say that uh, you think Steven's a tool and I'm too Williamsburg for you. Follow Jonah's Twitter account. He's about to take off and travel the world. I'm sure yeah. he's going to be saying and posting. Do you, check- do, you do Instagram, right? I do, yeah. Check me on Instagram and Twitter. Both. My name is Jonah. Just spelled right. out. And uh, yeah, I'll be posting some some exotic pics from all around the world. Nice. So that should be cool. And uh, yeah, we will see you next week. All right, bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.